Hello, this is Neil Ruda. Welcome to Unsung Missionary Heroes, interviews with heroes of the faith. This podcast is brought to you by the nine international ministries of Assemblies of God World Missions. These ministries are Builders International, Compassion Link, Global Initiative, Global University, Jacob's Hope, Life Publishers, Network 21-1, Oral Learners Initiative, and Royal Rangers International. For more information, visit im-agwm.org. Now let's join our podcast. Today we're interviewing Dwayne and Carrie Henders, missionaries that were involved with Teen Challenge since 1969. So I want to start by thanking you for letting me come into your home today and interview you. I want to begin by asking, how did you become a Christian? Well, you're very welcome to be here, Neil. Good to see you again. And uh, I'll say that I grew up in North Dakota on a cattle ranch and uh, in a Christian home, but I wasn't born again until I was 17. And at age 17, uh, an evangelist named Roy Brewer from Montana came through, held a revival service. And when he made the altar call, I gave my heart to Christ. I really knew that I'd committed to him and I never looked back. And I've been serving (laughs) Jesus ever since. (laughs) Carrie, how about you? I was raised in a wonderful Christian family home. My mom and dad loved God. They loved us kids. And every time the, the doors of the church were open, we were there. And But I remember when I was eight years old, uh, the past, our pastor came and visited our Sunday school class. And he told a little story. Then after that, he said, does anyone here want to accept Jesus in their heart? And I, I realized have I really asked him to come in my heart? So I raised my hand and I accepted Christ. And that's when I become a, became a Christian. Wow. Also from North Dakota? <laughs> yes, I'm from North Dakota, from a farm. He was from a ranch. I'm from a farm in North Dakota. How did you both meet? We met at Trinity, Trinity Bible College. I always wanted to get more schooling, you know, get more Bible teaching. And so, of course, that was right in North Dakota. So I went there and that's where I met him. And how were you called to missions? I I went to Bible college just to learn more about the word. I didn't feel called to missions or be a pastor, but I felt just the call to know God better. And so my brother and I went together and we studied together. In my senior year, I read the book, The Cross and the Switchblade, and (laughs) spoke to my heart. I didn't know anything about drugs or alcoholics or inner city life, but God just put a burden in my heart. And that's when I know I was called to teen challenge work. And then it was interesting that he gave me in a spiritual emphasis week, he gave me a verse in Isaiah 55, 5. He burned it into my heart. And it says this, it says, Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you, because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. And that meant absolutely nothing to me. But I just uh, kept on pursuing uh, my studies. I finished, graduated from Trinity Bible College. There was an open door to go to Philadelphia to work with Teen Challenge. I accepted that, went there. A year later, Carrie came and we got married. That's where we began in our, our Teen Challenge ministry. So tell me a little bit about your life and your career and missions. Both of you join in and, and share what God did through your ministry and what you're continuing to do in missions. Well, of course, we had a huge learning curve landing in the ghetto of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, in fact, it was not long after the race riots that we landed North Philadelphia. 
and I knew nothing about the inner city, nothing about how how things worked. But I did know one thing. I loved God, loved his word, and prayed with people and saw miracles happen right before my eyes. And so it didn't take very, very long. And I just fell in love with the ministry and said, this is it. And I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I never mm-hmm. want to leave Philadelphia. And then after nine years, I was the director of the men's discipleship program. Missionary Sam Johnson came to Philadelphia and said, Hey, Duane, would you come to Portugal, where they were missionaries, and help start Teen Challenge? I said, Yes, I will. Then I said, Wait a minute, I better go home and talk to my wife of it. So I <laughs> went home and Carrie said, While you were gone, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. I knew you were going to ask me that. So I'm ready whenever you are. And six months later, we were in Lisbon, Portugal, to help start the Teen Challenge program and teach at the Assemblies of God Bible School. Mount Hope that Sam Johnson had built. And then we we went as maps workers and Mm -hmm. actually wound up spending 16 years in Portugal with incredible ministry. And then in 1999, Don Wilkerson, Dave Wilkerson's brother, uh, had started Global Teen Challenge. So he invited us to join Global Teen Challenge and help develop Teen Challenge in countries around the world outside of the United States. I will just quickly refer back to that verse that God gave me at Trinity Bible College when I was seeking his will, because when I got to Philadelphia, it didn't really mean much. Surely you will call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you, because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, has glorified you. And in Philadelphia, we had a few foreign countries send somebody to learn about Teen Challenge. And then in Europe, some came to Portugal to learn about Teen Challenge. But then when we became workers with Global Teen Challenge, we were the regional directors for Latin America and the Caribbean traveled all across the countries of the South America. And pastors and presidents of countries were asking us to come and start Teen Challenge. So that verse says, and they shall run unto you because the Lord has glorified you. And so we had invitations to multiple countries, sometimes by the government. I've met with presidents and prime ministers, leaders, because they had no answer to the addiction problem. And when they heard that 78% of Teen Challenge graduates never go back, they ran to us, they sought us out, they looked on the internet, invited us to come, and that scripture was fulfilled. I would never have dreamt it, but nations ran to us because God gave us an anointing to reach the lost, the addicted, the hopeless, and the outcasts, and uh, took us literally uh, to countries of the world, and especially all over Europe and South America. How many countries today are hosting Teen Challenge Centers? Uh, There are, I believe, about 240 countries around the world with over 25,000 beds uh, serving addicted people, offering hope. The theme of Teen Challenge is to put hope within reach of every addict in the world. Dwayne has a poster here showing the countries in Latin America, and the, the map is just covered with green dots for existing <clears throat> Teen Challenge centers, and their plans are for the Bahamas, Antigua, and Bonaire, uh, Colombia. Nicaragua and Belize and even more now and more so this is amazing that this is just representing one of our regions Latin America 
Dwayne said a moment ago that they began as MAPS workers. For those that might not be aware of that acronym, MAPS stands for Mobilization and Placement Service, which is a volunteer program with the Assemblies of God with our World Missions Department, allowing people to serve overseas for anywhere from one to two years. And many of our MAPS workers, uh, the Henders as well as myself, may have started as MAPS workers, but once you become a MAPS worker and you begin to see the incredible opportunity to serve in missions, and many people go on to become lifelong missionaries as a result. Uh, what were some of the highlights? Can you tell me some of the highlights of what happened in your ministry? Let me just add that our, our number one goal was planting Teen Challenge works across the countries, wherever there was a need. But the second goal, real quickly, was training workers mm-hmm. because knowing that we can't do it all. So in Latin America and the Caribbean, our goal was to plant Teen Challenge training schools to train nationals in the countries or in the region. And so we developed a training school in Mexico City, in Ocho Rios, Jamaica, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and then others were planned for Ecuador and and Uruguay. Some of them have since sprung up grassroots. The key is to find, identify, and then train nationals in their own language and give them the materials for them to continue to reach the addicted across their nation. Our goal is to have a Teen Challenge ministry in every nation Mm. of the world, hopefully run by, by them. Can you tell our listeners that may not be familiar with Teen Challenge how it began? Uh, David Wilkerson, Don's brother, how God led him to be the founder of the ministry? Well, in 1958, David Wilkerson was the pastor of a little church in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. And as he read an article in a magazine about seven young gang members, they had beaten a young man, a crippled boy, to death in New York City. As he looked at that tragic story, the Holy Spirit said, go to New York and help those boys. So without knowing anything about the inner city or gangs or drugs, he went to New York and began to went to the court to try to get in to see those boys and help them. Long story short, he was thrown out of court, never did get in. They didn't want any interventions or, or any outsiders. So he, in discouragement, began to walk the streets of New York. And there he found drug addicts and gang members, the famous Nicky Cruz, He had crusades, led them to Christ, and that was the birth of Teen Challenge. And then at one point, he was looking, he invited his brother Don, who was also a pastor in Pennsylvania. And as they were looking over the parapet of one of the row houses in New York, he saw all these drug addicts there, and some of them had accepted Christ. But there they are back on the streets. And he looked at Don and he said, Don, they've come to Christ, but they don't know how to be Christians. Hope needs an address. That's when they then they bought the first building on Clinton Avenue and from there it proliferated until there are 250 Teen Challenge Ministries across America today. And they still have that building in operation. Yes, Hope has an address. (laughs) One of the highlights is when I worked in Philadelphia Teen Challenge as a child evangelism director. And growing up on a farm, never saw inner city before, and then going to a ministry where you're you're head of child evangelism in the inner city. It was an eye-opener, believe me. And it was amazing. What amazed me is working there. I, I conducted Sunday schools and story hours and gather the children in parks, had meetings with kids. And to see so many 
that I remember a little girl came to me and she said, I never knew Jesus died for my sins. She said that the only time I heard the name Jesus was a swear word, you know, and it just, it was, it was a highlight to see so many kids that come to know, that came to know the Lord. And then in Portugal, I had the privilege of, of teaching in the Bible school. Kids, who, the students that wanted to work with child evangelism, wanted to, to reach kids for Christ, and taught them puppetry, mime. I taught them uh, how to make balloons, just all kinds of things to enhance their child evangelism ministry. And some of those students today are missionaries in other countries from Portugal who are doing or reaching children and young people with the gospel. And that's a highlight. You know, that's, I love that. Really, I'll just uh, to summarize uh, some of the highlights would be that from the Philadelphia years, nine years, I'm still in touch with dozens of mm -hmm. young men that 50 years ago came to Christ. They are through Teen Challenge and they're still preaching the gospel today. And then in Portugal, we taught at the Bible school, Bible college, as well as worked with the Teen Challenge. One of the estimates I heard was that there are Bible school graduates, Teen Challenge graduates, ministering in more than 20 mm -hmm. countries in Africa and Europe wow. and some in the United States that we were able to impact. And then, of course, with the Global Teen Challenge Ministry, some of the highlights were the leadership training schools that are still going on, where they're reproducing their training their own. And in places like Jamaica and Brazil, uh, that just exploded when they really, the groundwork was laid, principles were taught, curriculum was introduced, and the Holy Spirit has just used those ministries to establish work all across their countries, and also to see them helping other countries mm -hmm. around them start ministries and training staff for them. Those are highlights. Yeah. What about low points? Well, one of the lowest points I had was probably the first year in Philadelphia, right from the ranch in North Dakota. And I'd led a young man to Christ. His name was Tom, a heroin addict, a wicked, wicked man. And when he accepted Christ, he just began to glow like a light bulb. He just shone and he was full of the Holy Spirit and testified to everybody. And then one day, the devil just began to trick him. He needed to go home. This is too long. Long story short, he left Teen Challenge against our will, went home, and a short time later, we got him an apartment. His wife screamed in the phone and called us two in the morning and said, please come, come, it's Tom. And we ran to the apartment. She led us in the bedroom where she had found him dead from an overdose with the needle still in his arm. And I, in my heart, I said, God, I can't do this. I failed. Tom, I'd led him to Christ and prayed him through and seen growth. Now he's dead. He's gone. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly. I said, I want to, I can't do this. I, I want, I, I want to quit. And the Holy Spirit said, you didn't fail. He made his choice. And then he said something very powerful. You're not going to save all of them, but if you stay faithful, you will save many. And so I just determined to never quit. And now, what, 52 years later, we have spiritual sons on multiple continents, many, many countries, and now they are reproducing themselves. How about you, I think the low point for me, there's basically one, and that's what after we had been in Portugal just a few years, I got seriously ill, and I had severe problems with because of a tubal pregnancy, and there were complications, and the doctor 
actually thought Abby wouldn't make it through the surgery. On the way to the hospital, I was in horrible pain. I thought, I'm I'm dying. I know I'm dying. And I could just I could just feel my myself just floating up. And I looked down at myself and at Dwayne. And he said, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that she'll be healed. As soon as I left Ramadi, I didn't have any pain anymore. I thought, I'm going to heaven. And then I came came down again and that, that pain was horrible again. And I said, Lord, I'm in your hands. You just do what you want me, you know, you for what my life. Then I went again mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, you know, this this is it. And again, Dwayne said, in the name of Jesus, I said, okay, Lord, if I go back, then I know I want the pain to subside so I don't have to go through this. I came back and the pain wasn't severe anymore. I went to the went to the hospital and had surgery and I made it through God's grace and and you know, I just so grateful that that God saw me through that because the doctor later said, Carrie, she's he, he, I wasn't sure if you were going to make it. God is good and he's faithful. And I just thank God for that. Amen. Amen. If you could offer a tip to a new missionary, what would you say? Well, I would say the first thing is that you must commit yourself to a serious time of prayer as part of your daily routine. We were challenged in Bible college to spend an hour a day in prayer. And if not, we couldn't go out on the streets and witness on the school teams. That's kind of a harsh requirement. But that modeled and that, that became a model in my life that's helped me still today to stay saved mm -hmm. and to stay focused on what God has called me to do, that relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have that, then I, what I do, it's in my own flesh. The second thing is to be locked into the Word of God. Yes. God's Word must be the foundation. We don't feel good. We're up and down. We're blown around. We get off course. <laughs> but when we come back to the Word of God, His Word is true. His Word is the foundation. His Word will guide us. And then thirdly, the Holy Spirit. We are Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. We could not be successful in Teen Challenge without Pentecostal power, the Holy Spirit giving us wisdom and power and an anointing and insight and direction to do have the incredible results that we have. And then lastly, with those basics in our own spiritual formation, then we need to stay connected to God's people. Mm -hmm. God has given us amazing people. Ecclesiastes talked about the guy, the person that's alone and falls down. Woe to him. But if two fall, nothing will pull you up. And that two have much better return for their labor. And so there's a synergy, there's a power, there's anointing, there's encouragement when you lock in. And God will give you yes. people of kindred spirit. You won't get along with all of them and they won't all like you, but God will <laughs> give you partners in the spirit and you can walk through whatever the devil throws at you. At the end of the day, you'll look back and say, wow, since as I, as I prayed, as I stayed in the word, as I allowed the Holy Spirit to lead and fill and guide my life, I didn't get it all right, but he gave me people and I stand on shoulders of wonderful, powerful, godly people that helped us get this far in the journey. And so now in this phase of my life, I want to have shoulders that'll support others that we're mentoring and encouraging mm -hmm. and speaking into their lives as they move forward in obedience to the call of God in their life. Carrie, how about you? I think when I look back in my our ministry, I remember people would come to me in churches. 
oh, it's so wonderful to be a missionary and you get to do travel and you get to do this and you do that and people get saved and isn't it wonderful? And it is, it is wonderful. But there are some rough days too. And I think just like what Duane said, if you stay in the word, if you, you determine that no matter what you go through, you're going to make it because God's there to help you. And that's what just kept me in the word and just praying and believing and having the mindset, no matter what I go through, God's going to see me through. And he has, he has for 52 years. Yeah. And I thank God for that. Any final thoughts? The Bible says that don't to be to not be weary in well doing, because in due season we will reap if we faint not. Mm-hmm. We do get weary, we get tired, but we have to learn how to pace ourselves, learn how to rest. I'm married well, so she <laughs> helps me with some of that. And then along the journey, God allows us time and again to get a little glimpse of somebody whose life we touched or they mm-hmm. saw our example yep. mm-hmm. and it just lights the flame all over again. Yeah. And we're never too old to dream or to have another vision or another ministry open up or another opportunity because our world is filled with broken, hurting people. Mm-hmm. And if no matter if we're in a wheelchair or in a nursing home or Carrie's helping me walk down the sidewalk, there's somebody that needs <laughs> to know God's love. And somebody said very aptly, if you wonder if your mission is over, if you're still alive, it's not. So we are still missionaries, and we're still looking for opportunities to touch, challenge, bless, and offer hope to many people. Mm-hmm. In closing, you know, Dave Wilkerson said to Don, Hope needs an address. And today, in 2021, Hope has hundreds of addresses, Teen Challenge around the world. But what I'm saying now for our ministry is Hope has an address, but Hope needs a voice so that those people in the street can hear. So somebody needs to go and declare to them, how will they hear if there's no preacher? However raspy the voice or however whatever language it's in, I want to be the voice to keep giving hope to people as long as I live, that Jesus Christ still changes lives today. Carrie, how about you? Any any final thoughts? I just want to praise God that I've had the privilege of being in the ministry, being a missionary for so many years. Growing up in Islamic God Church, we used to have missionaries come to our church. And in those days, remember, they, were, they, were, they would tell stories. They would have slides in the front of the church. They would have snake skins and all the artifacts Tables. from where they were at. And as a little girl, I thought, that's what I want to do. I, I want to be a missionary. And one especially a missionary from Africa, I think it was. She had a slide where she was standing under the tree with the Bible, and she had lots of kids sitting on the grass, and she was teaching them about the Lord. And several of them had their hand raised, and she said, these kids that have their hand raised are the ones that accepted Christ. And immediately, I think that's what's the calling. Immediately, I knew I want to be a missionary someday. I just thank God that he has directed my life all these years. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. Gwen and Carrie, thank you. Thank you for letting me come to your home and for sharing. Happy to do it. I believe that there's more stories to be told. Absolutely. Well, that's our podcast for today on Unsung Missionary Heroes, Interviews with Heroes of the Faith. My name is Neil Ruda. This podcast has been brought to you by the nine international ministries of Assemblies of God World Missions. They are Builders International, Compassion Link, Global Initiative, Global University, Jacob's Hope, Life Publishers, Network 211, Oral Learners Initiative, and Royal Rangers International. You can check all of them out at im-agwm.org. Thanks again for joining us, and come back again and listen to our next podcast. Podcast.